I'm Nathan Oren, and this is Journal Talk, the Q&A session where we answer your questions about journal writing. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Journal Talk Q&A, where we answer questions. You send in the questions, I send in the thanks. I send thanks back to anyone who sends me a question that we use on our podcast. And again, today we have Kim Addis from Frame of Mind Coaching. Welcome back, Kim. I'm thrilled to be back once again. (laughs) And it's good having you here. You know, I should say also, a couple of times you've been on the program, Kim, and I suspect people out there in in the United States can hear a little accent. <laughs> just just really? a, just the touch of an accent. Do I have an accent? Uh, only when you say words like against. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you're giving away all my secrets. <laughs> you know, people think I'm from New York, so uh, you do have them- yeah, there is a little bit of that edginess too but i like that that's a that may that to me that sounds maybe because i lived in new york for a few years that sounds like somebody being real you know uh-huh. <laughs> well now now everyone knows that i'm canadian you've yes. given it all away just north of of uh new york um that's right in a little town called toronto yeah little tiny <laughs> town <laughs> how long have you lived in toronto Well, I grew up in Montreal, actually, and then uh, I've been living here for about 19 years. Mm, Wow. So so you went to school in Montreal? No, I actually I went to school in Ottawa, but that didn't really count. No, I did my undergraduate degree in psychology and then my master's degree in business in Ottawa and then Ah. uh, got married really young. And then we ended up moving here, got divorced, got remarried. I tell you, I've been busy. Yeah, yeah. Did you get remarried to the same person or? No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. No, we <laughs> get... traded up. Okay. <laughs> very good, very good. And where did you go to grammar school? Uh, in Montreal. So in I Montreal. went to, yeah, elementary school in Montreal and high school. And then what we have there is something called CEGEP, which is kind of a college environment that happens before university, but after high school. Ah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's Haven't where heard. you learn to drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we have something out here? I think it's just university. I think, you know, college, university, towns out here, just it's all about the beer, I think, and pizza. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. And the reason I ask you about those formative years of grammar school is our question today comes to us from Julie. Thank you, Julie, for this question. And This one's interesting. How does the element of journal writing affect the teacher-student relationship? And uh, before we answer, a little bit of background here. Julie has a few sentences talking about her youngest daughter starting fourth grade. And I can't tell, Julia, this is a little bit of a rant going on about, seems like there's a journal assignment for every subject. I wonder if all this sharing of intimate thoughts might interfere with the traditional teacher-student relationship, and isn't this dangerous? So, uh, yeah, a lot of interesting questions wrapped up in one. I think to kind of summarize, it's uh, what is the effect of having a journal writing component in a teacher-student relationship? And obviously, Kim, with Frame of Mind Coaching, we can talk about the coaching part of it in a minute, but what do you think about, did you have to journal when you were a young student? 
I did actually. I journaled in grade eight. But I'm going to take a step back from this. Let's just talk about education for a minute. And let's talk about, in a way, this is a bit of a coaching discussion. It's, you know, under what conditions do you have the greatest influence over anybody? And that's a basic question. And I I will answer it from a frame of mind coaching standpoint. Okay. So you have the greatest influence when you really know the person that you're trying to influence because you have a lot of data, you know them well, you understand how they function, you understand their limiting beliefs, you understand what turns them on, what motivates them, Mm -hmm. what excites them, what really drives their engine. So knowing them is super important. And the second thing that's important in terms of influence is having a relationship. The relationship component is important Mm -hmm. where the person that you're trying to influence believes that you have their best interests at heart and that they believe that you see them in the best light. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so those three parts. Now, so let's go to answering the question. And actually, I'll start with a little bit of a story. So I belong to a synagogue here locally. And I remember the first time I attended the synagogue. It's a reform synagogue, not all that religious, very spiritual. But I sat in the, I don't know what you call it, the audience, I guess. Uh And at the front, the, the rabbi was there. He asked someone to come up for a special honor. And at the end of that honor, he took that person aside and put his arms on her shoulders and said something to her one-on-one. And I sat there in the audience going, what's he saying to her? (laughs) What's happening up there? And I actually wrote an article about it called The Huddle. Now, let me tell you what was processing in my mind. I thought, gosh, I want him to tell me something too. Uh, What's he saying? Yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, imagine if teachers could take aside one or two students a day and share with them how amazing they were. What if I were the teacher, what I see in you that's absolutely awesome, how would you feel? You would feel great. But how willing, how wanting would you be to perform and do your best in this particular class? Your desire for performance would increase dramatically. Yes. Right? Because I'm able to see your brilliance. And if you trust that I'm able to see your brilliance, you want to hang out with me more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now let's try to answer the question. So what does journaling do between the teacher and the student? It increases intimacy and it allows the teacher to be equipped to bring out the best in the student. Mm -hmm. And it bridges that relationship gap that increases trust. So do I think journaling is a great thing in in schools? It's it's one of the most brilliant things in schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know that I answered it in a very broad manner, but... You know, you have to think, what is it that needs to be in place to have the greatest impact on students? Yeah. And does journaling facilitate that? And I would say a resounding yes. Yeah, I have sensed that in my heart, in my gut, that that's only a good thing. I would never have answered the question that way that you did. And you've just confirmed all the reasons why I I know journaling to be to be a powerful thing. And yeah, starting as early as fourth grade and, you know, sharing these details, I think, you know, of course, Julie, you know, you bring up the question about isn't this dangerous and would this interfere with the traditional teacher-student relationship? I think there's a sub-question right below this. So yes, journal writing can be great. It creates this intimacy and knowing and this uh, remarkable trust 
and willingness to you know perform you feel like you have a little slice of your mentor's attention but there's a right beneath that's the question of like trust like how do we know that this teacher is not going that it's not all this information isn't going into the wrong hands and well, that is going to all obviously come down to you know how well do we teach our teachers or how well do we you know, provide training to our teachers so that yeah. um, they're not crossing lines, that they're, they've got ethical standards, all of that kind well, of stuff. How, can you just speak to that? Yeah, it's a loaded question, isn't it? Because we trust our teachers to teach our kids how to read and write. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, so in a way, whatever our teachers do influence our children, whether it's intellectually, uh, spiritually, emotionally, or otherwise. And so, if we equip our teachers to really fuel the passion of our of our kids and really tune into what's super important to them and how to motivate them, like what we're doing is, you know, in the question, there was an interesting part of the question. Can you repeat the question again? Does it challenge or it does it uh, interfere? Does it interfere with the traditional teacher student yeah. relationship? And so, isn't this dangerous? Was the right. So, so there's an assumption there that tra- the traditional student-teacher relationship is ideal. And I will tell you that if you look, I have five kids, but if you look at <laughs> the traditional student-teacher relationship, it is far less than ideal. And it's the teachers who take a special interest in their students that make a difference. Yeah. And this facilitates that happening. And I don't think that we're after a traditional student-teacher relationship. We're after an extraordinary student-teacher relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, sorry, I'm getting passionate about That's this. That's good. Well, I can see where your passions are. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, there's all in the news you hear about teachers taking advantage of their kids. And Julie, you didn't say anything specifically about that in your question. So I am taking a little bit of a leap. But when you ended it with, isn't this dangerous? I'm thinking maybe you're thinking that there's something about this teacher-student relationship where, you know, if one, if the student is sharing all these intimate details and then, you know, like it opens up the gate so that the teacher may take advantage. This could be, you know, sexually or, or non-sexually, you know, and again, I, I think that it comes down to the ethics and the training yeah. of the yeah. teacher. And Kim, with, you know, with your company and frame of mind coaching, if you want to apply it to that for just a moment, how does a coach trained in in the frame of mind methodology maintain that professional distance because i'm sure they get they get a client and you know after talking with them and and reading all the intimate thoughts and secrets it may sometimes be a bit of a challenge for some people to deal with all of these intimate details and keep that professional distance. How do you walk that? So, so let's, um, now we're really getting into interesting territory. <laughs> so what is professional distance and what does professional distance do for the coaching experience? Mm. What does it do for the coach? What does it do for the client? Like, give me a benefit of professional distance. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> Right? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Right, you're yeah. thinking. So there's this <laughs> assumption that professional distance is a good thing. Why? Well, maybe professional distance is a good thing because the coach has a sense of empathy and brings the client home and toils and worries and wonders and, you know, can't separate themselves from the client. So 
Okay, so yeah, so maybe but, then that's a case where the coach needs a therapist. <laughs> well, it's 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 a case where the coach needs to learn some skills associated with coaching and what to bring to the experience. But that's that's a whole other subject. Mm-hmm. So l- let's just talk about professional distance for a minute. The truth is that at least in at frame of mind coaching, the relationship is crucial to the client experience. Mm -hmm. The relationship is crucial to the client experiencing the results that they're after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Crucial. So what does that mean? It means intimacy is important. You know, we coach people virtually, but can you have an intimate relationship virtually? Of course you can. Does that mean it's a sexually intimate relationship? No. Does it mean that it follows ethical standards? Of course. But the client needs to feel unequivocally that the coach is in their corner and that requires intimacy. Yes. Period. End of story. So it's the teacher that goes the extra mile that says to the kid, Hey, I see you're struggling in math. Let's spend an extra 15 minutes together. I'll teach you some tricks and, and extends themselves to this, to the student. Mm -hmm, It's the mm -hmm. relationship that makes all the difference in the the world. world. Yeah, right. And yeah, so yeah. and so once that basic element is that in at play, the client travels or the student travels a great distance. Like how many people in the world look back and, and say, you know, it's that one teacher that made all the difference. Mm-hmm. It's that mm-hmm. one teacher that pushed me harder, that helped me see myself in this better light, that opened doors for me, that ex- <laughs> exposed me to a new world. How many times have we heard that story? Yes, and names it was are that popping one into my teacher, mind. Yes, yes, right? absolutely. And that's what we want to create, certainly in the classroom and absolutely in coaching. Yeah, no yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Julie, I hope this answer is answered completely differently than I would have expected. But wow, I love this answer. Thank you so much, Kim. The journal writing aspect can do nothing but good. And I think it provides a whole doorway for extraordinary growth and learning. And yeah, thank you very much. Anything else we should add? (laughs) (laughs) We got it all. (laughs) We got it all in 10 minutes. I appreciate this. Thanks again, Kim, for being our Journal Talk Q&A co-host. And for people who want to learn more about Frame of Mind Coaching, the website is? Frameofmindcoaching.com. And uh, come on in and give it a try. There's an assessment you can take. Go for it. Try it out. See what it's like to journal with a coach. Sounds great. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Journal Talk Q&A, everybody. Thanks again for your questions. And please put your name on them. And uh, Julie, if you would send me an address for you where I can send you a little thank you gift, I'd appreciate it. Bye, everybody. Bye, Kim. Bye. Thanks for listening to Journal Talk Q&A. If you have a question you would like featured on the program in a future episode, please send it to me at Nathan at EasyJournaling.com. Nathan at EasyJournaling.com. I would love to feature it here and send you a little thank you gift for sharing your question. You can also send it to me in the form of a voice message. If you would like to share your voice on Journal Talk Q&A, you can dial this number. It's one 805-751-6280. That's a United States number and only normal toll charges apply. There's no extra charge for Journal Talk Q&A. Thanks everyone again and have a great week and we'll see you next time. Meanwhile, keep on writing.
This episode of Journal Talk is copyright and brought to you by Write for Life, an online resource for living with passion, clarity, and purpose through journaling. Visit our website at www.write spelled W-R-I-T-E, the number four, life, L-I-F-E, dot U-S. Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk.